Meatballs, meatballs. La da da da. Okay. Meatballs, meatballs, number 10. Zebra Gold. This is Meatball Fulton. I'm going to play some snippets of things from our archives. Bits from Jerry Garcia, Frank Zappa, Eric Idle of Monty Python, Jimi Hendrix, Stan Lee of Marvel Comics, Mel Blanc, Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd, and whatever else. Now this one, with Jerry Garcia of The Grateful Dead, it's almost a bit eerie. It was done in 1970, but it sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday. Just listen to what he has to say. The headline was in the paper that there was no more clean air in the United States, period. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that kind of stuff is all of a sudden coming up real fast, you know? And it's like, it, it looks like that's the most important thing going on, and that nothing else is as important as that. As far as I know, that is the most important thing. Well, why do you think this has happened? Because this is all of a sudden 1970. Right. And, and, and suddenly the things that everybody was warning us about back in 58 are like, oh, have had 10 years to turn uh, into hard uh, reality out there. It almost looks as though nobody's going to do anything about it until people start dropping in the streets. Yeah, because the truth is out. Right. You, know? <laughs> you know, so all I can say is that, that there's different people going about all this particular problem in different ways. For example, I have friends who are who I've known since, since like, they started college, you know, and, like, now, eight years later, you know, and they're all PhDs, stuff like that, just coming out in, the, in those terms, you know. And, you know, I know quite a few of these people who, like, have switched their major in the last year to ecology and that kind of shit, you know, because it's, like, really important, right? It's a big emergency going on. Okay, so, and their approach to it is generally to get together on the level of bodies of influence, that is to say, governmental, sh you know, things like that, business, and so forth, and stuff like that. Right, but that's only like, that's like one kind of approach to a particular problem, and, and the other thing, the other way to approach it is to start living possible solutions, you know? Yeah, the whole earth. Yeah, right, the whole earth thing. That's obviously it. I mean, nobody can think in any terms but that until everything is okay, you know, or I mean, until, until some change is made. Otherwise, we all die. Jerry Garcia. The video artist, Bill Viola, used to refer to us as the Zebers. Back in the early days of ZBS, we were a radio commune. We started out with about 18 people. We came together to do radio. The commune soon stabilized at around a dozen people, and eventually over the years dwindled down as people wandered off to see what the real world was about. Finally, after 11 years, the commune was disbanded, and people asked, how do you feel now that the commune failed? And, and I say, failed? Listen, we didn't think we'd get through the first year, let alone 11 of them. Good grief. You and Captain Beefheart went to high school together, is that right? Yeah. I suppose you could say he's my high school buddy. <laughs> Frank Zappa. And you were in a band together, or, or at some time? Yeah. The name of the band was The Suits. He's got to be the most fabulous person alive. You have no idea what goes on in that guy's head. He's just crazed. <laughs> you just don't have any idea what those people do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Man, <laughs> wait till you see him. I can't stand it. <laughs> the thing about Captain Beefheart is he's too good for the United States. He really is. 
Americans have no way to appreciate what he's doing. They can just barely get into some of the stuff that we're doing. They, they can't possibly understand what he's doing. And he's very popular in Holland. They're big on contemporary music over there. Some of the things that he does are so far out musically that an American teen just would draw a blank and reach for the nearest Vanilla Fudge album. This was done when I worked at a radio station in Philadelphia. During the time of the commune, we produced and distributed programs to community, college, and public radio stations. CBS was originally founded with the idea of using media to help raise consciousness. And these programs that I'm referring to now as Zebra Gold reflect that philosophy. Very little has dated. Their nourishing essence still shines on. Stan Lee of Marvel Comics. What would happen if there were real people who had superpower? You know, how would they act? How would they perform? If they were a team of superheroes, who's to say that they wouldn't fight amongst themselves? Or who's to say that they wouldn't occasionally lose a fight, or that they wouldn't occasionally make mistakes, or have money troubles, or trouble with women, or, or anything, you know, just because you have a superpower. I think if I had the strength of 15 men, I might still have to worry about bad breath, or acne, or flat feet, or whatever. And um, so why couldn't a superhero have problems? Well. This isn't really that much of an inspiration. It's a very logical thing if you think about it, but apparently this hadn't been done in comics before. So we started this with the Fantastic Four and then with the Hulk and then with Spider-Man and so forth. And I didn't know if anybody would even notice. I was just doing this to interest myself so I wouldn't fall asleep while writing the stories. But all of a sudden, fan mail started pouring in from all over. We had never gotten fan mail before. In 22 years, nobody ever wrote us a letter except once in a while. You know, somebody would write a letter and say something like, I just bought one of your rotten books and there's a staple missing uh, and the pages are loose and I want my 10 cents back. You know, this was our fan mail. Stan Lee, Marvel Comics. Mel Blanc, the voice of Porky Pig and Bugs Bunny and so many others. Uh, for example, they showed me a picture of uh, Porky Pig. They said, we want him to talk. How would he talk? So uh, I figured, well, let's see now. I won't go out and waller around with the pigs to find out. So I'll just realize that if a pig could talk, he'd talk with a That's how a pig got his voice, with a grunt, see? And they... They showed me a picture of a rabbit, and they said uh, his name is uh, Crazy Hare or something like that. But the guy that actually drew this cartoon's name was Bugs Hardaway. And I thought, why don't we call it Bugs Bunny? They said, yeah, that's a good idea. That's what we'll call him. And they told me how tough he was, how he kicks old ladies out into the snow and so on. I thought, what is the toughest <laughs> voice I can get? So I figured, well, let's see, they talk pretty tough in Brooklyn. They also talk pretty tough in Bronx. Why don't I combine the two? So uh, that's how I got the voice of Bugs Bunny, Doc. He's a sort of a peculiar character that uh, 
uh, is kind of a stinker. <laughs> oh, they showed me all of these other uh, crazy cartoons, like little uh, Pepe Le Pew was a little French skunk. Yeah, and uh, I thought, well, since he's a little French skunk, he should use a French dialect. He's always chasing the, uh, chasing the pussycat that backed into a fence newly painted and has stripes <laughs> on her back. He thinks it's another skunk, and he chases her, and... He says, oh, my lovely one, I am crazy for you. That's the way Pepe Le Pew talks. He even gets fan mail from women. <laughs> it's addressed directly to Pepe Le Pew. Mel Blanc. Okay, Ralph Ortez. He's a leader in the destructivist art movement. And here, in this program, he demonstrates the power of acts as art, as he hacks to pieces a beautiful upright piano in an apartment in London. There's two curators from the Tate Museum that are standing by, sort of ducking the flying chips and commenting on its validity as a piece of art. Yes, the degree of destruction that, 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 that he uses and, and the amount that he's uh, willing to just leave as it is, knowing when to stop. You know. But I think it is true that, um, for instance, Ralph Orton's work has a very strong flavour of its own. <laughs> I think it's uh, hilarious. Okay, here's Eric Idle of Monty Python. And this was recorded when they were just about ready to start writing The Life of Brian. What kind of movie is that? Called Jesus Christ, Lust for Glory. <laughs> Actually, we probably won't get away with that title, but it's, it's going to be about, it's going to be the, a life of Christ, or it's based on, a biblical, it's a biblical epic, New Testament. The Should actually doing. finish our careers pretty successfully. <laughs> Go out with a big one. The, the thing is, the way we started to write it in New York in the spring when we were here, and the way we were talking about it, I mean, the first things you come up with, all the wacky jokes, you know, that all the blasphemous jokes come right out. That's the very easy way, and the second interesting way is than to deal with the world around and what it was actually about. And I think we'll probably do much more of that mm-hmm. and leave the JC figure quite untouched. So without sort of, I don't think, you know, no custard pies in the face. Mm-hmm. Although I had a, a lovely scene I really wanted to write, which is basically on the cross, right? And they get, they get one up and they're putting the second one up and the first one goes, <laughs> <laughs> And then they have to put that one up, and the other one goes, 
flat face in the mud, you know. And he's saying, what you need to do is put a cross tie, a staple, plane it through. He's a carpenter early on. And he's continually knocking nails through his hand. <laughs> he's really bad carpenter. Ow! Eric Idle of Monty Python. Sid Barrett of the Pink Floyd. Now, Sid came up with the name, the Pink Floyd. He passed recently, and this is an interview I did with Sid right after their first album, The Piper at the Gates. It's never been aired. For instance, I made a painting the other day, and I could see and hear very clearly sort of different instructions and different criticisms going into the picture, which were in fact um, criticisms that I could relate back to art schools and teachers and various things that had come at that time. So maybe this would be very valuable, this break. I don't know. And uh, sort of to try painting again after a break of, and going into pop music and going to playing this sort of music. Just might work out that you get more sort of basic freedom. I don't know. It's, a, it's something to just things like shape of the paper. And, uh, there seem to be a lot of assumptions taking place. So far, we have 28 programs all ready for downloads, and it's three bucks for a half hour or five bucks for an hour, and you can get Sid Barrett for a buck. That's about 15 minutes. Now, I don't know how long we'll offer these because some of the rights are a little questionable. So if there's something that interests you, grab it now. It could disappear during the night. Ah, let's end with Jimi Hendrix. And some dreams that I had when I was real little, you know, like my mother was being carried away on this camel. And it was a big uh, caravan. She's saying, well, I'm gonna see you now. And she's going under these trees. You can see the shade you know, the leaf patterns across her face, but she's going to this, you know, like that. And the sun, you know how the sun shines through a tree, and if you go under the shadows of the tree, the shadows go across your face. Well, these were in green and yellow shadows, like, she's saying, well, I won't be seeing you too much anymore, you know, so I'll see. And then about two years after that, she died, you know. And I said, yeah, but where are you going, though, like that? You know, I remember that. I always really remember that. I never did forget. There's some dreams you never forget. Yeah. Like one time I went, this is one dream, you go down like that, this real big hill, but it has real long grass, and then there's a whole lot of bananas down the floor, at the floor of this hill, but yeah. they're all spread all over, and they're growing from the ground by each one separate. And um, I remember that, and then we were skating across that. I don't know how we were, but what you do is it's lay, you pour this stuff out that we made up. You know, it's big bags, you pour it out across the bananas, and it fills up all the gaps, and then you skate across it. it was, you know, I remember those things, you know? You must have been dreaming in color when you were very oh, young. Oh, definitely. I, I, always, I don't remember too many. The, the closest to a black and white dream I ever had was in, in pastel shades, you know? Yeah, yeah. One time I was in pastel shades, like a, it was maroon and uh, dark, you know, and then light, very light maroon. And then this big gold clip out of the middle of nowhere. It was great. And that was the closest I ever got to black and white. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. You can download these programs at zbs.org. Waterfall, nothing can harm me at all. 
You know, people really believe that that every single person that's born here is completely different, you know. I mean, that's, that's true, but through the times, can you imagine all these, well, what if we all supposed to go to heaven? All that? Can you imagine all these people who died beforehand, and all of us, all of in heaven, yeah, all of them top each other, hey, man, move over, man, I don't have the rule up here. It's a hell, you had no business dying, did you? So, oh, God. <laughs> so can you imagine that? Wow. ZBS.org.